Welcome to Beltalota, the officially unofficial podcast for The Expanse on Amazon Prime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. I've only said that twice. It's still weird. We're the, oh God, the illest pod, uh, podcast for The Expanse. Can I get away with that? No. We're the whatest? The, the illest. Illest podcast? Uh-huh. What is, the, is that a planetary <laughs> reference? No. Man, you're more of a rap guy than I am. Come on. The illest? Yeah. Oh, okay. The illest. Come on. <laughs> More of a rap guy than you? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know maybe the I've, slang? Is that something Belters say that's got to be? I don't know. I, I, I Maybe I've uh, had too many neurotoxic slugs. He, so I'm not making have, the neural yeah. connections. Uh, yeah, well, so we're here to do a season recap for season four. Not recap. Just kind of our thoughts on the general overall season. Yeah, unfortunately, because of the timing and this dropping all at once right before Christmas, we were unable to give yeah. the episode by episode uh, breakdown that I think this season deserves. This is a great season of television. Um, it's just not going to work out for us, unfortunately. Um, and maybe we can talk about that at the end. And I think as I was watching this, I kept thinking, what? an amazing scene of television this would be if it was week to week because yeah. every single one ended in a just ginormous cliffhanger mm -hmm. like that you 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 just can't even believe that people are going to be able to survive to the next week and uh you know i was able to just hit you know i, I watched the last four in a single setting because <laughs> you, i intended... you kept telling me like uh oh, probably not gonna have time to get to it this week and then right. i come in the next day and you're like i'm done yeah i watched them all yeah we ordered pizza and <laughs> sat fuck? down we're just gonna watch hey let's watch one episode while we're eating pizza and then that led to finishing the entire season <laughs> because that yeah. those last four episodes just there's not a good stopping point uh <laughs> in yeah. any of them so no. I, it pulls you through the pacing was really good this season um there's there's some some smart changes they made from the books just to include more stuff yeah which i liked um yeah. it kind of felt like it not padded it out but like gave us more perspective on everything and mm -hmm. also uh it let them kind of time their marks and and hit them all yeah no and then that's what i'm saying it, it's a damn shame that this was uh released all at once because a while it was like really rewarding as a binge i just kept on thinking like what would the subreddit look like or what mm -hmm. would the message boards look like what would the fandom be if they had to wait a whole week to discuss some of these big momentous events there's yeah. lots of great character development um but you know we just kind of just have to kind of rush through and uh, I, i'm so into the expanse right now because i i watched all 10 episodes yeah. and then i went between last podcast and this podcast actually between Christmas and now, uh, I listened to Nemesis Games, which is the fifth book, and also Gods of Risk, which is the, I'll say Bobby-based novella. It's mostly her it's like nephew, a Bobby David. short story, yeah. Yeah. Is that the, the, the seed of the Bobby plotline? Yeah, yeah. Season? It's the very, very beginning of, of the Bobby stuff. Huh. So uh, I, I've been immersed in the Expanse stuff. Yeah, I'm excited because now that I've, I've done with season four, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read book four. Um, so I get to read one more expanse book. That's, that's really fun. I, yeah, they, it must be a pretty smart adaptation because, you know, reading book through book three and knowing what a kind of a nothing character like Ashford is in that book yeah. and how drummer, is she even a character in the book? Cause I got conflict. I thought you said no, I but think... I think someone said she was a minor character in like book two or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think she is. 
but she doesn't have nearly as big a role as she has in the show. Like, like there's no way they do anything with uh, Klaus Ashford like they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the fact that they took this kind of scrap of a character who was just kind of like a throwaway crazy dude in book three and did so much smart character development, which ex- exposing kind of like the us versus them politics of the Belters and mm-hmm. the... And, you know, how the different uh, factions within that go all the way from avowed terrorist to, you know, opportunistic peacemaker. I thought that was really good. And then the final 15 minutes of this season kind of rest on that character's shoulders. Like, you know, seeing this. Yeah, we're going to spoil everything here. Yeah. Uh, I don't, and if I, you I'm, haven't seen all 10 episodes, go watch them before you listen to this. And, and I'm not ready to quite go there yet. But yes, this is if, yeah. if, if you have been waiting to hear you know our podcast before you start finishing the other season or whatever yeah go 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 stop now and 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 finish it it's good there are i think a couple of missteps here and there oh yeah for sure um but they're very minor mm-hmm. like like maybe one or two in the whole season and they're kind of more nitpicks than like real structural problems yeah as as far as ashford goes like i i think the pairing of him and drummer is so good because it gives like you said it gives uh sort of a a uh, it's an invitation for them to discuss the the belters but like drummer in the books is kind of a minor character herself mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. when she's split from fred there's nobody to like sort of challenge her right. like holden does with fred johnson right, right like right. he he typically comes to fred and they argue about like what's the better move drummer doesn't have that so putting ashford right. in that place gives you a, a reason and a way to kind of discuss the belt yeah in those terms especially in a season where fred johnson is in it once yeah. he has like a cameo appearance yeah. in this, basically yeah i was thinking like jesus christ when are we ever going to see fred yeah uh and then he pops up at the end to kind of make a fool of himself um but yeah i really like the ashford and uh drummer relationship and as you said they it's a great foil because in the previous season, we learned to respect them as individuals and mm-hmm. as formidable individuals at that. Um, and this season, we see kind of... And, and Ashford's such an interesting, like an old space pirate terrorist who has gone through that and paid personal prices for it and now sees the futility of that that path. Yeah. But he's cursed to be surrounded by hot-headed belters who were just like him 30 years ago uh-huh. and trying to corral them towards, you know... Uh, to, to make the Belters a, a great nation instead of this, like, uh, you know, ragtag band of people that are trying to, to fight over scraps. Um, like I said, the pol- I, th- I found the politics of this season pretty fascinating, and I want to talk about it. Uh, so I was completely satisfied. I thought this was great storytelling. It made me laugh. Um, it really punched me in the gut, especially there at the end. Um it was a big question I think I had, and I think you did too, about how the expanse would do turning the corner to like, can it do planetary based drama where you've got this new world and like, what would that look like? The expanse so far has been mostly crowded corridors of spaceships out on the float. Yeah. Um, what's it look like in a gravity well for a whole season? Still looks a lot like the expanse and it's still yeah. very, very cool. I, I think it definitely has a different vibe, and people say, like, book four is the weakest. Honestly, I love book four. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that says about me, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think yeah, I was it feels if, different. Yeah. It does feel different. It's not like everybody's in a spaceship flying around the, the solar system trying to put out protomolecule fires. Yeah. It's very different, but there's still a protomolecule fire to put out, right? Sure. Um, we learn a little bit more about what that does and what it's 
maybe goals are if it has goals yeah uh but yeah it's it has a different vibe to it i think but but it's still it's still the quality of the expanse Mm -hmm. it's not like it takes a step back from that yeah, what was your? I, I just kind of want to probe or tease out what your reaction as a book reader because I I don't read the books before I watch the series. In fact, I I read the books yeah. after I finish a, a relevant season. And to me, it's like so that that's weird. It cast the show as the correct version, and then the books are kind of like the apocrypha that fill in details, maybe of like oh, because there's a lot in the fir- first two seasons like I didn't fully understand about like Miller's relationship with Julie. Yes, that when you the read books the books, do much better. They really illuminate that, and yeah. I, I don't. I don't think it's I, I think it's more of like you need to watch those f- couple seasons twice to get everything that you get out of the books once because it's all there it's just they do very much show not tell and sometimes yeah. that gets to show in a little bit of trouble uh-huh. um because like people that are show only are like what the fuck is going on like when real yeah. miller showed up and later in this season i had no <laughs> clue what the hell they were trying to tell me until you know, all kind of clicked. Um, and right. now I'm like, I wonder, I wonder if they played with that in previous seasons. Um, do you want to get into spoilers? Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. New year, new housekeeping, and we have a new Pope premiering on Monday, January 13th. And our first podcast over that show is dropping on Wednesday. This is a new show on HBO. We're very excited for it because the young Pope, the prequel season was one of our favorite shows back in 2017. And now there's a new Pope, John Malkovich, but the hot young Pope Jude Law is still around, still wearing papal bikini briefs, all in white. It's a hot mess, but last time it was gorgeous and thought-provoking, and if that sounds good, check out our new show, New Pope Who Dis, on the Bald Move Network. Also, Star Trek Picard is coming on hot and heavy. It starts streaming on CBS All Access on January 23rd. Now, Jim and I, if you didn't know, are old-school Star Trek fans going way back, so we're very excited to get things started. We're going to have a preview podcast on Picard, but first be looking at some of Picard's best movie roles. This week we'll be looking at Star Trek Generations. It will be on the Bald Movies feed and also cross-posted to the Picard feed, which we should have ready to go sometime this week. More on that later, but uh, get ready for Star Trek Generations and Star Trek Picard. This week we're also releasing an Empire Business for Club Bald Move to do a post-mortem on our Rick and Morty podcast, Pickle Me This. If you are a club member, be on the lookout for that. And finally, our Groundhog Day charity stream. If you didn't know, for the past two years, on or around Groundhog's Day, we've done a 24-hour movie marathon on Twitch to raise money for a charity. In the last two years, it's been for the homeless in America. This year, we're going to be streaming 24 hours to raise money to provide relief for the Australian bushfires. Australians have always made it a big part of our community and we've appreciated their love and support over the years and we feel like it's time to repay that back so mark your calendars we'll be streaming disaster movies starting on saturday february 1st including such classics as twister dante's peak armageddon volcano and the day after tomorrow all net proceeds will go to an australian bushfire relief charity that we'll select and have more details on next week that's what's happening on baldmove.com. Search for all that stuff on baldmove.com and follow us at baldmove. One of the big themes of this season was the cliffhangers, as I talked about in the first podcast. I want to run them down. Uh, episode five, there was a mega volcano that exploded that was going to send a shockwave around the planet and uh, an ensuing uh, mega tsunami. Uh, so everything on the planet had to get off, uh, but they couldn't because the planet stopped all fusion. Mm-hmm. 
this is something that we know the protomolecule can do, but it's still amazing that within the orbits of these this planet's moons, it just stops fusion from working. Yeah, it seems to be able to control physics pretty mm-hmm. well. Yeah, yeah, and I like that too because we're essentially we're told this when we go into the Rossi's engine compartment and we see these mm-hmm. little pellets uh, just slamming into each other, not doing anything. Yeah. And then we have Naomi surmising that the react, and it's like suddenly fusion doesn't work. That was pretty. I was like, "What am I seeing here?" Because like, there's a lot of Miller probing the machinery. There's a lot of Miller yes. probing uh, Holden's mind in this series, and yeah. it's all kind of visualized similarly. And so when I saw this weird internal part of a machine with these pellets i'm like what part of the machinery the alien machinery does this represent what's that look like in the books because i was trying to think of that like um the only reason we know it's miller like when you see like all these like like brain synapses and cellular and like uh, metabolism happening it's just because Mm -hmm. he can there's always this voiceover of him muttering like you know pushing pushing buttons on a monkey or whatever and you understand it's miller doing something but what does that look like in the book i don't quite remember Okay. Uh, yeah, it's been over a year since I read that one. But this like mega volcano led to some really great gravity kind of space disaster moments because like if fusion worked, none of these disasters would be nearly as impactful. You could just have the Rossi come down, pick everybody up, yeah, wait for a wave to come down, easy peasy. But now they've got limitations. Mm-hmm. Uh and and that that's that's really interesting. And they um, did a great job following book 4 beat for beat with the mm-hmm. Illus story like before is all Illus, uh, no Phyllis. <laughs> so Illus is the name of the planet. That's the rap guy joke yeah, you're making. Yeah, come on, okay. man. All right. Uh, well, okay. so as soon as as soon as Avastral said New Terra or Nutera. whoever, uh, I just it's New Terra. Oh uh, yeah, yeah fuck I'm a you, fucking inner. The inner. Yep. Yeah, go back to your well, well walla. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like they do a great job because everything that happens in the book uh, is represented in the show and. Not quite vice vice versa. I have a couple of little gripes with the show. Um, maybe dumbing down is the wrong word, but like short selling some of the plot points. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get to we'll get to those when we when we get to them. But yeah, they they do a really good job of hitting every every point major point that the book hits okay episode six ended in the wave crashing over to structure and whether mm-hmm. like you know Miller's or uh, I guess it's Holden's blast door would hold. Um, I did find myself a little, I found myself questioning the math of the show. And I think if, uh, that, that like, I wish I like, I have no problem that the protomolecule structure can withstand this wave. Yeah. Um, with the door being on the leading side of the wave, I want, I wish they had like, I'd had Amos saying something like, like Holden saying, is this door going to hold Amos? And Amos is like, that's Martian super steel. If anything will hold, (laughs) it's going to be it. Like. Yeah, because it looks like a piece of corrugated fucking aluminum they, that they, they sh- propped against. They should have just had Bobby stand in the whole doorway, <laughs> put her arms to the side, yes. and just power armor yes. the wave away. Yes, with like a big sumo inflatable <laughs> sumo suit. I would believe yeah. that would plug the hole for sure. But like, I kept on thinking, like, uh, how is this going to hold if it's like it doesn't look like it's very watertight? Why isn't it flooding? But, you know, whatever. That was a pretty cool cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode 7 introduces the the neurotoxic slugs. Yep. And everyone in the cave is blind. So that's just an inherently terrifying thing. It is. It also takes Amos down a peg, which it does interesting things with his character. Holden using an auto-injecting needle on his own fucking eyeball. 
Couldn't couldn't do it, dude. No thanks, dude. No, that's pretty goddamn rough. <laughs> um, and I don't know that like here's a I don't know that they wound down these threats adequately. Like I felt like they they established all the tension, but yeah. as Holden's crew and them started coming up with victories, like oh, it's this mm-hmm. cancer patch that must be keeping me from going blind. Okay, now everyone can see, but they're still fucking neurotoxic slugs. Like why? Yeah. Why aren't people dying? Why? It, I felt like they could have done a better job of helping me understand why something like Holden climbing up to the hatch the whole time. I'm terrified he's going to hit slugs, <laughs> but he never hit slugs. Yeah. And they clearly weren't limited to one area of, right. the, of the structure. Uh, and then at the end, they they make it, I think, clear that they're going to stay in the alien structure. Yeah. Why wouldn't they go back to the surface where it seems to be much, much safer? Well, so my theory was like the slugs came with the water. Um, okay, even then, but so having, that, so having now a roof just over your head that slugs yeah, can drop from is true. inherently more dangerous yeah, then, than being able to set up a perimeter. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I didn't understand that myself. Um, that, but but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't feel like they 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 quite spun down all the threats adequately. Yeah. Um. They had uh, episode eight ended with Miller suddenly reappearing uh, to Holden after being gone for like five episodes, and essentially psychically screaming in his face. <laughs> episode nine ends with Miller shoving his new mechanical body into the subspace distortion field. Um. And then you know episode ten ends and just threatening Mother Earth with uh, an extinction level event. So sure. Yeah, cliffhangers, uh, and now we end on a, a giant one. We're gonna have to wait for a year to f- to figure out what's going on next. Yeah. Um, the other big theme that I thought was interesting is Avasarala being just completely out of depth in playing conventional politics. Mm-hmm. Like she's always been the power the power behind the throne. Now she's the power on the throne, and she's vulnerable because and, and crucially, never elected to any of her positions. She's yes. never had to do this before. Yes. And the other, uh, uh, you know, secretary generals have gone through elections and, you know, that's, you know, she, she always complained about some of these guys being empty suits. They're very good at raising money and being yeah. popular, but not very good at f- uh, politics. Well, now she has to actually go out there and play. And mm-hmm. I knew, like, I think we said this in the last podcast that like when a- Avasarala going after this woman's rigging of the lottery is going to blow up in their face because yeah. like, if you're one of those 5 billion people that are just living in abject poverty, waiting for the lottery, like, one of your own gaming the system and 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 making the most of it and like she then i didn't even expect the whole like oh yeah not only did i game the lottery but i also went and took the five people that should have been in front of me and gave them gainful employment too mm-hmm. like yeah avasaral just stepped on a fucking land line landmine um, yeah i think the the earthers on basic are a lot more akin to the belters than they are to avasarla yes avasarla avasarala Right, which we're we're going to talk about that in, at the end here. Um, she lost support of the military uh-huh. by fair like what? I'm still not sure how much of this was like her trying to play politics, and how much of it was like her following a clear eyed like um you know uh, some kind of foreign policy. What's your thing on that, man? I, so. First of all, New Arjun can suck a dick. I, okay, let's this, talk about fuck New Arjun. this guy because um, he he ties into this, and I, I have a lot. Is he of complaints. bad or he's just not as good as the old? He's Arjun. nowhere near as good as Brian George. Like yeah. uh, Bob Babu from Seinfeld runs circles around this dude as yeah. far as like being a compassionate seeming human being, like being a decent person. This guy doesn't. I don't see any of that in this guy. I see a cold, 
uh, nothing of a character here. Well, their relationship is weird. It's almost like he had a relationship with Avasarala like Robin Williams did with Matt Damon and Goodwill Hunting. Like okay. she's a gifted student that he's kind of disappointed in. Yeah. But like, you know, the person you've raised children with and you have grandchildren with and have had this warm relationship. Yeah, there wasn't wasn't quite the connection there. No, zero chemistry I felt between those actors. And, and Brian George was great in the role and they uh -huh. had great chem chemistry. Um, but yeah, so the entire time he's like telling her, look, you're fucking up if you're doing things from a, from this particular perspective that you've always approached things from. Uh, and she's like, well, I don't know how to play this game. I need you to help me. And in the end, she decides to do her own thing, which you can, uh, it's an open question, I think, how much of that is cynically playing the politics game mm -hmm. uh, and using, you know, personal tragedy and the tragedy of many other people for mm -hmm. her own gain mm -hmm. and how much of that is just doing what she thinks is right and having a genuine moment when she talks about her, the death of her child, right? Like, yeah. I think it's more the latter. I think that Arjun is not giving her enough credit uh, for both being able to play the game, yes, but play it in a way that is surprisingly honest mm -hmm. like because she like yes she plays the politics games but i don't feel like she plays it the same way that the other bastards do right like mm. do you think her a political opponent i can't remember her name uh do you think gao she, i think it's gao, is it gao? okay yeah. uh do you think that she because because my my thing my big problem that i think i saw avasaral having is that she doesn't want to believe her opponent's narrative, which is essentially like, I understand you're afraid that humanity is going to get destroyed, mm. whatever. Uh, however, we got five billion people and millions more in the belt who are desperate for any kind of way forward, and this represents it, and they want yeah. to take that risk. Mm -hmm. So Avasarala is the mom saying, it's a dangerous world out there. You need to stay on the port step. And Gao is the one being like, yeah, it is. Some of you might die, but the ones that make it are going to have a true yeah. chance at a life of your own, you know, steering and destiny. And that's just that's the human path forward, man. The well, whole like we're okay. scared and we're huddling under mom's uh, skirt is not not appeal an appealing. Yeah, but Im imagine if you could go out and fuck up so bad that your mom dies. Like, if you could fuck up your life so bad that your mom and everyone you know dies. Because that's the stakes. Yeah, like, I guess that's true. Avrasarala is talking about the stakes of humanity being wiped out by the protomolecule, which they don't mm. understand yet. So, mm. like, presumably you could go to Illus, something could fire up, like, oh, I don't know, a protomolecule machine that's embedded in the right. planet for billions of years. Right. And it could end up destroying the entirety of humanity, not just the people who go there. I think that's what's going through Avrasarala's head. Mm -hmm. yeah it's fear during this thing yeah and it, it makes total sense given the shit that they've just been through with the protomolecule right but they're like I, I don't know it's like um so who i guess what's the right answer i don't here? know who's right because they're that's both the thing. right it's like, but they're we, also both wrong we also take like there's this um like a moral weight to the existence of humanity that i don't know oh, this is pretty heady stuff i don't know that i actually believe like if humanity yeah, does something that erases ourselves from existence like people mm -hmm. act like that's some kind of like you know, Ozymandias moment, like, you know, there'll be these half these half covered statues blowing in the Earth's deserts for all eternity and no one will know about it. And I'm right. like, who gives a fuck? No, like the, the only reason no I one. care is because I was accidentally born 43 years ago and I thought about it a little bit. But like, yeah, in the grand scheme of things. And I don't even things, care that much. Like, I'm waiting for us to create AI that wipes us out and it yeah. goes on to become a better thing than us. Yeah. Right. Like, go for it. Yeah. 
uh, so I, I always I'm I'm always evaluating like okay well if we have half of all humanity immiserated mm-hmm. and like we still have like a like a fraction of a one percent ruling on top um and and doing this so over the belt and Mars and Earth like maybe you take a you roll a dice with extinction yeah. maybe. Maybe. I don't know, but that's... And certainly if I'm a belter or if I'm the underclass exactly. on Earth, I'm thinking, yes, I want that now. Ex- exactly, which is why this this end game that we're left with at the end of the season is going to be so fascinating. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, f- I found that stuff really amazing. I was... At first, I was like, why is Avastral getting her ass kicked? But I'm like, this is a fight she's never had to fight. Uh-huh. Like, anytime the her policies have been shitty, she just had let someone take the fall, and then she keeps on rolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, now things actually start to stick to her because she's a face that can, you know, be stuck to. I, I thought it was really great. And I think I'm a little more sympathetic to uh, Avasarala's viewpoint because of the work they've done in previous seasons with her. Like, mm-hmm. she's always, in my opinion, had the best interest of the entirety of humanity at heart. Like, the Mars, the Martians, the Belters, everyone. Like, she wants humanity to succeed. And I think she works toward that goal, whereas others might just want to personally benefit from events or have their faction of humanity succeed. I think she's working roughly for everyone, yeah. you know, more more or less at any given time. But but it's so hard for her to do that because, like as Gal pointed yeah. out, she's literal royalty. Like uh-huh. to the extent that anything's royal on Earth, that's her. She's and she's wealthy, affiliated she's with the UN. Like right. that, that's a big problem too, and it's a big problem for Bobby. It's a big problem mm-hmm. for people in her orbit uh from time to time i want to talk about drummer and ashford coming into their own because like i really appreciated their arc where so at beginning geopolitically or astropolitically the belt has now the belters have now established a foothold in serious politics they have the only space station that's operating in the ring system (laughs) the third time it's well the second time it's been renamed yeah medina uh station now Uh uh-huh um, they've got that going for them. The UN has officially recognized some of their leaders and given them some autonomy. Uh, so now you've got like the Black Sun and I forget some of the, all the other different factions, but there's all these factions that are trying to go legit. Mm-hmm. And they got one guy is Marco, who we find out is Na- uh, Naomi's old lover. Yeah. Um, he's still out there, you know, tearing shit up and breaking shit because he sees this as as, as a big problem. Uh, and I want to talk about the philosophy just yet. I just want to talk about Drummer and Ashford's like deft handling of this. Like I thought when they finally catch Marco and they have him in the execution dock and they're doing a vote about whether he lives or dies, as soon as Drummer sees one of the 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 kind of quasi terrorist factions back him, she's like, "Fuck! If if we yeah. kill him now, it's going to destroy this alliance. Whereas if we all decide to spare him." And then he fucks us over to our faces. Then these guys will go against them just on their general principles alone. Right. That's a really smart point, and I'm surprised she saw it over Ashford. But Ashford's an old man now, and he wants <laughs> he he wants people to settle the fuck down. So it kind of yeah. made sense too. Yeah. Um. But then of course Marco inevitably does betray them. But then Fred mm-hmm. gives them an easy PR win by instead of letting. You know, like like instead of letting the belt take a minor hit, he goes to try to, you know, cozy up with the earthers or the, the inners and blows up in their face. So now the whole belt is united uh, behind Marco at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, 
He's also, like, Ashford is still smart enough to see them capturing asteroids and probing Earth's early warning systems, that he knows that they've got something big planned, but he's not, what, cruel enough to see what Marco actually has planned? Uh, yeah, I think that's accurate. Why, why has no one in the belt ever thought of just, like, destroying, taking out Mother Earth? I, I get the feeling, like, shit's just now reaching the boiling point. Like, you can take so much shit for so long. Yeah. But at some point, you're going to snap. And I think it's always been a possibility, right? We always, they always talk about like the rocks mm-hmm. that you could throw. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted to. It's right. just that nobody's ever been crazy enough to do it. It's almost like now that there's other potential Earths that you could use as a lifeboat, like fucking burn. There's that too. Yeah. Like, like, it feels like Marco's statement is like, um, if belters can't get a fair shot at the new world, then I'll make everyone belters. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll all be competing. I think that's, that's a nutso strategy. Um, yeah. that like, I think what you'll have is the rich and powerful that are left are going to hold on. They're going to hoard and hold on to their power and resources even more now. Right. Because they're desperate rather than being like, Oh shit, man, it sucks to be floating out here in the black and not having anything. No, no, they're not going to. They're not going to. The, the one to thing do it that. does is it introduces chaos, and I think that's yeah. the only thing that Marco sees here of value. Because if you give the inners the time, they yeah. will dominate the rest of these planets. I mean, you'll just you'll just have the Belters being the Belters. Yeah, they'll in a be thousand fighting for they'll be fighting for scraps in a hundred different worlds. Right. But all the money that are all the the vast wealth and power is going to be you know concentrated amongst yeah. the people that already have it. So basically, he's just trying to throw this into chaos and yeah. hope that the Belters can fight for something good out of this. Yeah. Um, and I also thought it was really cool that Ashford, even though he didn't win, I, I keep thinking like, what if those pliers weren't left in zero G and he had one yeah. more guy in the assault? Uh-huh. You know. What if uh, and that 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 Martian blowing on the pliers? Man, it's so fucking. I love that scene with Ashford yeah. when he decides to storm Marco's ship, uh-huh. and he's like the way they use the gravity and the human shields. Like he's flying through this ship. He I've never comes seen. up out of a stairwell or yeah. a ladderway, I guess, yeah. behind a body and just uses a shield and you can't see him like they frame it so perfectly yeah you don't know he's behind there until he pushes the the body aside and reveals himself and blasts the other guy it's so fucking cool i've never seen a close quarters battle like that before where it's full zero g Mm -hmm. um i've read about an ender's game where they use like like ender wiggin uses all those tactics like did you see the the harrison ford I did see it. It's, it's not as great. No, it's not. But it does get some of that stuff, like you know, like bit. these these tactics of zero g, and you know, using your momentum to carry and the angles mm-hmm. and stuff, so you limit your exposure. I thought it was just thrilling, and yeah. I didn't know that the expanse had grown up enough to do something like that because I thought that like every time we'd have, because uh, they show uh, the the Earth Marines um, mm-hmm. doing some zero g combat, but it's all with well, the they belt. suck. They suck in zero g, like. Yeah. That's the thing. Earth Earth Marines aren't as good. Like Belters live yeah. in zero G. Like, yeah, like they don't see the obvious advantages. They they want to make it. Yeah. They want to make combat look like Earth combat. Right. A floor is a floor to them, not yes. a ceiling and a wall. Like, yes. Yeah. They they just don't get it as much as the Belters who yeah. have, have lived that. 
But I thought generations. that's what we we're going to get because of limitations that like you'd always have, uh, you know, mag boots on and then they would sell it. So when someone gets shot, they just kind of go limp. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And I still I still for season five, I wish when people are just standing at consoles in zero G, they would stop putting their hands on the hips and they'd stop leaning against consoles and they would kind of like just float. Yeah, they'd kind of like float, you know, yeah. like like they're 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 maintaining postures that are energy efficient and gravity wells, and mm-hmm. not like look at astronauts on the International Space Station when they're doing their presentations and shit. Yeah, we see we have footage of humans hanging out in space, and it it's it's fairly trivial to have people act like they're in zero g. So I don't know. I just mm-hmm. wish they would. Um, but yeah. Um. That's Drummer and Ashford. I want to talk about Miller and Holden. Um, yeah. I thought it was a real rough transition to go from Miller the investigator to real Miller. And I kind of wanted, I wish I had time to go back and look at some of the Miller stuff. Has Have they always played with that hat-no-hat hat dichotomy? And I just... I don't think so. Because I feel like in the space of 30 seconds, they introduced the concept of real Miller versus the investigator and Miller trying to break through the whole time. And I it was like three or four minutes into the scene before I realized, oh, fuck, this is what's going on. Oh, OK. Um, yeah, I wish they had made that a little bit more explicit or maybe I was just slowing the uptake. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I knew what was up, but only because I've read the books. Um, I don't know how it would have felt if I hadn't. I'm kind of also sad to see Miller gone. Um, but, but it's also weird because I thought that Holden had a relationship with the investigator, which wasn't Miller after all. And, and I was lo- looking <sighs> to see like a different type of relationship between real Miller. And I didn't, I didn't really get that. It seemed like the same relationship. It's just now we know this is real Miller. He's talking to and not the investigator. Yeah. We've known real Miller has been somewhere in there. I mean, mm-hmm. ever since season what one with, right. Uh, with Julie, Julie, uh-huh. Man, it's been so long, barely remember her name. Uh, yeah, there, there's always a bit of Miller in there. It seems like that part of Miller is sort of taking the the front here um, when he doesn't have his hat, which was disappointing to me. Mm. I wish he would have had the, the hat. Miller's he Miller should have had the hat. I know, yeah. <laughs> but what are you gonna do? Because the investigator had the hat basically yeah. all, of, all of season two and three, which. Yeah. I guess you you got to stick with that standard. Um, I'm kind of sad that Miller is gone. In fact, when Miller told them about the blue goo and like Holden was like, you know, had gotten it isolated. They had it in that little carrying case. And I'm like, oh, shit, portable version of Miller. He's, he's like, <laughs> right, hey. just lick that thing anytime you need to call up. <laughs> well, he's having this heartfelt conversation with it. And I thought he Miller was just going to pop out and be like, hey, kid, it's, uh, uh-huh. it turns out I'm still around. Uh, but then they launched it in the sun, so I guess he's really gone. So I'm going to be super sad if that's the case. However, uh-huh. there is one existing scrap of protomolecule. What is it? It's the sample that Naomi gave to Fred Johnson. That's still... Okay. That's still out there. Okay. Which, if the protomolecule is a link to Miller, or Plus, whatever's like, left all these him, planets have abundant protomolecule shit on them, right? Yeah, the one on Illus is dead. I don't know if all the planets have that. Uh-huh. Um... But certainly the the stuff on Illus, I think we're meant to understand is dead. So like the protomolecule is it's it's dead, but the machinery it built is still capable of being utilized. I don't even know if that's true at the end of the season. Huh. I think that whatever Miller did killed that planet. That whole planet. It's yeah. dead. It's inert. all all the protomolecule stuff. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And Which I is wasn't... what let the the fusion come back on or the fission, or whatever. Yeah, and I also wonder what the hell. 
that subspace distortion field is because mm-hmm. uh, it, it had an entirely different visual look from anything else we've seen the protomolecules came up with but i don't know because like also the purple transport tube uh was also something different i hadn't seen before but it's still obviously protomolecule technology yeah, so yeah i don't know uh but yeah i was i was I was sad to see him go, and I guess my mm-hmm. thought is that he is probably going to be truly gone finally. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean that would. I'll say I don't know for sure. Um, yeah, but I would bet he could come back. There's certainly a way for him to come back if they want him to. Yeah, uh, I want to talk a bit about Amos and Holden's relationship because I thought it got even deeper this this season and Amos especially being completely helpless in a way that reminded him back of being a little boy on earth I thought was pretty amazing um there's a couple scenes where like um you know like uh, Holden goes to find uh Amos and Amos is blind and he's using his UV light to find him and he turns around and like he's just a crazy person with like his UV eyes and his mouth and he's like Mm -hmm. swinging wildly on Holden and like Holden is like you know like holding him and saying I can't lose you and it's like it looks like they're almost about to to kiss uh like mm-hmm. they're getting very very close and there's a lot of things that Amos says here like at the end his uh his lover on Illus gets killed he has to actually kill her mm-hmm. um and they were about thirty feet apart when we last see them but when Holden comes back he, Amos has dragged himself over and is laying on top of her corpse and you know Holden helps him up and he goes I'm really messed up. I think Amos is not just talking physiologically. I think he's talking psychologically. No, those protomolecule fours are hard, really hard, unnaturally hard. Yeah. So he's just sitting on her corpse as a cushion. <laughs> um, I would actually <laughs> no, buy that. That's no, I, an entirely <laughs> Amos thing to do too. But no, I think you're right. I think, I, yeah. Yeah. This this was a, a bit of a breakthrough moment for Amos, right? Emotionally, yeah, like like him feeling completely helpless and having yeah. to rely on another person to save him mm-hmm. is got to be a watershed moment for him. Cause I don't think he's yeah. ever had that, that experience before. Certainly not in the series. No. Like he's, he's enjoyed being a strong person that has been used for good of late. He recognizes that's a new sensation, but being able to like have all that strength taken from him and have to truly trust someone like Holden to, to save his life uh, mm-hmm. being completely helpless. I thought that was really, uh, really powerful. Yeah. Um, and if, if you're into that, that, character a lot go read the churn because the churn it's it's like two and a half hours long uh, if you're listening to the audiobook and it's a lot of backstory for amos it's the amos amos short story huh? yeah it tells you so much about his character cool um i also liked a holden making amos promise like that's like a real mm-hmm. um you know the fact that he made him promise and the whole and that amos would keep that promise i thought was the not kill uh god damn it what was murtry murtry yeah. yeah fuck Morty. that guy what do you think of murtry after seeing the whole season, I mean, I mean Murtry's. Let's let's because uh, I got a whole thing about the us versus the okay. politics of this. I want to talk about, um, but also Amos, uh, you know, testing his new handout. Uh-huh. Such a great. I mean, th- there's a lot of great. Uh, I am that guy moment, and and like uh, you know, Alex coming by like, hey, that new hand's looking like it's coming in pretty good. Mm-hmm. Amos like, yeah, I'm out to test it out right now, and then. Uh, I wonder if he would have actually beat Murtry half to death if Murtry hadn't swung on him. I don't know. Because that's like, 
you could tell when he did swing on it when when he's we spun around he's like oh thank you like i don't yeah. have to explain like hey i just came in here to like change your bedpan you swung on me what am i supposed to do Dig not beat the holy hell out of you bloody <laughs> smile it's so good yeah amos still by far my favorite character on the expanse um, I, I thought holden during this entire season was better than previous seasons and maybe it's because he had some actual acting to do um i think being he gets super think, tired yeah yeah i i really felt like i was was awake for three days with him right looking he at his performance go to sleep. no he couldn't He's he had old... to keep everyone alive in yeah the, in the structure yeah keep no. these slugs off of him and then he had to go fix the fucking protomolecule problem otherwise the barb and the rossi and the edward israel they were all gonna die like yeah i felt the weight of that yeah, no, I thought it's it's really good. When he's good. standing up on top of the protomolecule structure, uh-huh. and he's finally getting contact with uh, with the Rossi for the first time in like a day or two days or something, yeah, and he's just fucking exhausted. I felt the weight of that on his shoulders, which is something I don't know that I would have said about Holden two seasons ago. No, I think Stephen Strait continues to make a lot of strides towards... Um, I think that his character's given more to do. It's he's given more depth because he was just essentially, yeah. you know, space John Snow. He's just a good guy, yeah, and he makes the all generic. the good decisions. He's the only one that does, and you know, he's been putting in, in he's been put in positions in the last two seasons where there's not a clear right answer, or his answer turns out kind of blowing up in his face. Um, yeah, consistently. Yeah, he so, he does the thing that he knows is right in his heart, and bad things happen. Yeah, no, I I really liked him. I really liked him and Naomi's relationship. They kind of, um, you know, Naomi is interesting because I think they're trying to say something thematic that then kind of got lost in the hustle and bustle of the season. Like this belter Mm -hmm. who wants to try to make it in a gravity well and can't for whatever reason. Like that's got to be interesting because there was a lot of inversions too. Like I thought um, like the story of Illa slash Nutera was – everyone coming and trying to start the old narrative about belters versus inners and at the end of the day the majority of the population rejecting it Mm -hmm. and then the end of the season with uh marco what he's doing felt like um the people that want to see the, the this stuff continue to play out just forcing the issue you know like like if 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 yeah if you can keep individuals from putting their hands on the levers and cheating then everyone would get along fine eventually but it's it's trying to keep those people that um i don't know marco's just a fascinating character uh i want to get through a couple more things before we get to that because i'm itching to talk about the us versus them stuff bobby bobby on mars i was surprised that she remained detached from the action we actually went away from her for like three whole episodes um but she's just a straight up criminal. Like the entire time yep. she's in, I'm thinking, oh, she's going to infiltrate this and stop it. Um, maybe that's what happened kind of accidentally by the end. But well, I want to say that was, that was, I want to give her some credit and uh-huh. say maybe that was her goal at the beginning. Yeah. And I think somewhere along the way that changed. And I, I think Bobby's story is maybe one of the storylines I have the most problem with. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from maybe the orbit of Illus, which we'll talk about here in a second. Uh, but Bobby, you, you have to remember what kind of bo- character Bobby is. Mm-hmm. She's a person who will not obfuscate the truth. Um, she's a lot like Holden in that way. Like yeah. if something happened, it fucking happened, and yeah. you're not going to tell her otherwise, whether it's to preserve a piece, uh, a, a 
solar system wide piece or whether it's to just fucking get one up for Aaron Wright or something. Like she'll go into a room full of high level officials and tell them what's up mm-hmm. uh, and not compromise. And then here she is turning her back on Mars, I think prematurely, because there there is a point where I could see her doing that when she comes to the realization with the help of uh, whatever the crime guy's yeah. name is. I don't remember his fucking name. The guy the stealing boss. the uh-huh. yeah, stealing the stuff. Uh when when he tells her, look, Mars is dead, right? This dream of Mars that you've had is done. It's it died over. as soon as those worlds were discovered, yeah. Right. Then I can see Bobby going, oh, you know what? He's actually 100% right here. And sort of not looking at it as crime, but looking at it as prep, prepping for the thing that she knows is coming. Mm-hmm. And she's also a very prepared person. Like, if her time in the military, military taught her anything, it's preparation is a big deal um but they do those things out of order in my opinion like she gets into the crime yes. thing which is why I'm, I'm trying to think okay maybe she got in and she was going to shut this whole thing down infiltrate and destroy the yep. operation but then she got convinced somewhere along the way that this was actually not a bad thing that to didn't do. make it to the screen though i agree i agree it didn't if they had just like a conversation between her and like that her lover that guy she met in the bar yeah about that because there, there was an opportunity there to have uh-huh. that and they just didn't yeah then that could have been salvaged i mean i, I don't want to say salvaged because i didn't think it was terrible i just thought yeah. could have been done a little better yeah i almost wonder how much of this stuff gets edited into because like if they shifted some of those scenes a couple episodes down the line yeah where she kind of realizes that mars is a dead end now that everyone because that's the other thing yeah. that i was amazed at is how quickly mars is plowing you know, is turning their their swords into plowshares or trying to. Mm-hmm. And it's like very organized. They're like, there's the decommissioning these ships and all this technology and like all this advanced stuff that they have is is being put on the open market. Um, they're accelerating their... Uh, yeah, it's... I think what they say is true. That like, if you've got this thing where you're trying to terraform Mars and suddenly you find a thousand worlds that are actually ready to inhabit. Yeah, breathable air. I mean, that's sunk cost fallacy right there. Uh-huh. Like, okay, well, we spent 100 years trying to, you know, this is our birthright. Well, well, yeah, but now we have a thousand times the landmass. That's super easy. Like, why right. are you why are you doing this? Yeah. Um, we can actually go there, breathe the air, and build things with our hands. Yeah. Not with these spacesuits. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, and then at the end, because, like, I thought the natural, the whole, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, why are you, because re- the other thing is, I don't believe even I don't believe that that Bobby turns to criminality when there is a way forward with honor, which was to yeah. like work for Avasarala, a person that she knows has honor. Yeah, man, and her is identity to do the right thing. It's so fucked up right now. Like, yeah. who is she? Is she a Martian? Because she's being told by Martians that she's not a Martian. Right. She's being side eyed by the Martians. Sure. She's living on Mars. She can't. She can't fit in there anymore. Yeah. It might almost be worth it for her to go work for Avasarala again. Yeah. But I, I don't know. There, there's some things about Bobby that I absolutely love, which oh, yeah. is just her character. And <laughs> the the criminals here, this organization who thinks they're tough and badass, uh-huh. and in every situation, Bobby pulls her asses out of the fire. But the th- when she gets on a mission, uh-huh. she's on fucking mission. And yeah. if it costs her her life, uh-huh. she's going to lay it down. Yep. And these criminals have no understanding of this, that concept. Yeah, watching her unarmed take down like a whole... like Or, like, or go out uh, and do a spacewalk to yeah. come in around a doorway, damn near die. Uh-huh. And then that's just like part of her day for her. Yeah. 
It's so fucking cool. Yeah, and then the fucking um the the dome collapsing and her having to like get out of there before um you know the all the air rushes out. I thought that was yeah. a really intense moment. Like there's a lot of shit gets fucked up at the end of the season. Uh, and then finally she wants to join Avisral at the end, but her timing sucks because Avisral has just lost all of her power. Uh-huh. Uh, I wonder how Avisral goes forward. I have no clear path of what would keep her because hmm. she... Like, there's nothing... You know, no one has less power in any kind of political si- situation than a recently ousted political leader. Yeah. Like, I don't... It's not clear to me, like, where... She can where, go write a book. She can go on speaking tours. Yeah. Like <laughs> but she, she's not going to have that much power. She yet. can't help Holden. Like, no. Like, no one... Like, he doesn't need a fucking executive boss over him, and neither is the crew of the Rossi. Uh... She can't help Bobby anymore. Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how she fits in, but I assume she does because she's too big of a character to just be dismissed. But maybe The Expanse is that type of show where it's just like, well, she's outgrown her usefulness, so she's not going to die. She's just going to be irrelevant to the plot for the next. It'd be like if, if Darasinati, yeah. for whatever reason, got completely destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holden and his crew would probably, in the universe of The Expanse, suddenly be a lot less interesting to cover because... yeah. The whole reason they are interesting is because they have a pocket battleship mm-hmm. uh, that is unaffiliated with anyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did think. Uh, am I correct to assume? I felt like everything about this season told me that I should never have to worry about the Rossinati being armed and operational because it's got Earth money, it's got Mars money, it's got <laughs> Belter money. Like it's yeah. well connected and well supported at this point. So. Here's the fucked up thing. Uh-huh. If you really, really, really don't want book spoilers, like you want to go read this after the fact, tune out for like a minute because I'm going to talk about some differences. Okay. Uh, tune out for like five minutes. It okay. might take a little while. So at the end of book four, the Rossi is out of fucking commission. Like limping home. Uh, okay. So we got to talk about the orbit around Illus because okay. the orbit that they show, um, the orbit conflict let's call it in the Mm. show is 10 times as bad in the book really and i don't mean like quality wise i mean like people are shooting missiles at each other uh the 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 tow cable gets severed at one point Mm -hmm. um the rossi when it fires its railgun to keep an orbit tears itself to pieces like it's it barely fucking makes it to a space dock at the end of this thing Mm. um so like I I don't know how they're gonna do book five with the and Rossi in perfect condition condition. No, I've read all of book five. Oh, but oh, so you're saying that's a plot point? But the, yeah, the I Rossi mean, being fucked up. Yeah, I mean, at the end of book four, it's fucked. Like huh. it's gonna take months and months in a spaceport getting this thing fixed for it to huh. be spaceworthy again. Huh. And they do none of that, and it's so much more exciting in the book, the the orbit battle. Well, so because that that shuttle, yeah, they shoot it down and and whatever, but that's only the beginning. Well, that's the thing is like, there's no what I thought was interesting about the television show is there were really weren't any stakes. Um, the stakes were the lithium, the lithium. Yeah, yeah. can the Belters get keep their money so that uh-huh. they still can keep their foothold in this? Because if they don't, then they're just you know they got no money, they got no power. Yeah, uh, and they're they're probably going to be ran off their own planet. But like, it's not lives, and you know, like if the Rossi. So in the book, is it the same stakes? Because I'm like, why the uh-huh. fuck would they be willing? Because like the Rossi gets the destroyed, Belters, everyone lives. dies. 
Yes, but it's it's fucking Murtry. Murtry is the wild card in this whole thing. Yeah. Because Murtry is a killer. Murtry is a company man. Murtry is the nemesis of everyone. So the uh, Ross, the crew, the Rossinati go along with supporting the Belters just to f- for f- because fuck Murtry, because they're risking their lives and everyone's but to save that fucking lithium. Whereas in the show, I always felt like, well, okay, we're going to try to save the lithium, but if we ever get to a situation where it's the lithium or the people, yeah, we're no, going to go with the people. It's the same. Oh, I mean, well, I just think the way the Rossi's getting fucked up and destroyed, I thought that it, like maybe it's a lot. Seems like it's more of a you know. Well, I mean, in the in the show, and I think likewise in the book, it's been a while, but they they realize that the for the Belters, the lithium mm-hmm. is life or death. Like this is not like they're not going to be able to stay on Illus. They're not. They're they're not going to be able to go anywhere else. Like they're they're going to be consigned to this life of what the Belters have been consigned to forever, being under the mm-hmm. thumb of the Inners. Mm-hmm. And I think somewhere along the way, like Naomi convinces them of that. Holden is convinced of that. Um, and it's not his job here to, to like come here and tell people how it's going to be. Uh-huh. He's simply trying to keep the peace. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I think like that's the Belter's choice to make, right? If they want to mm. keep this lithium, he's going to try and help them keep it, but he's not going to like force them to jettison it. Mm. I think the the tension there has always been like this is the Belter's livelihood, mm. and if you, you're essentially killing them if you if you force them to jettison this lithium. So you're saying it's a pretty big plot point in book five that the Rossinati is out of commission? Because yeah. it feels like in if, if that's the case in season five, I'm going to have questions because the Rossinati is not <laughs> pl- painted as no. like, oh, serious. In fact, it seems like uh, they wanted to give Alex that badass moment of like, I'm locking on your drive cones and have a serious, which is awesome. Like, I love him check, Chuck Yeggering up to somebody yeah. and threatening him with, with spacing. No, it, it's a reminder that Alex is kind of a badass in his own right. Yeah. We yeah. don't get those very often. His weapon is a Rossinati. Uh-huh. Um, I like that, but it's also did not sell me on the fact that it's like, boy, on death's door, it's going to really have trouble dragging no. itself back to... Which, I don't know where that leaves us for the next The Medina book. Station. Interesting. Uh, what else do we... Because I, I just... The rest I want to kind of talk about the Pollocks of us versus them, which is why... One of the reasons I think the that uh, the Expanse kind of resonates... Um, so there's this point where they're arguing about whether to space Marco and he's making a and and uh, uh, Klaus Ashford is saying, look, the way we worked back then was one thing, but now there's plenty of wealth to go around. And he shot back. That's always been the case. There mm-hmm. has always been enough wealth to where we shouldn't have to. Our children shouldn't be poisoned. Uh, our you know, we shouldn't have to scrap and 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 beg for like clean air and clean water. There's always been enough on Earth to provide for everyone. And they just haven't done it. Hmm. That's I think accurate that like right now it's like if you're uh, so. uh, if you're a parent with a starving child somewhere on the earth it must be a real kick in the nuts to know that there are other people in parts of the world eating gold-plated pizzas you know like like having five thousand dollar pizzas that have gold leaf on them and your child is starving <laughs> because we can't get non-gold plated pizzas hmm. over to where your child is starving like there is enough for everybody it's just we don't we, we we let some people have billion dollar yachts and some people die i like how realistic that feels in the expanse that like the belt like the smart belters know that it's like this isn't a resource thing or a thing that things are of course it's expensive and of course it's it's uh it's tough out here to live but like if you need people out here doing the work you should 
treat them like people, not animals. And the fact that the inners have never, ever, yeah. ever done that, he sees that like, well, if the inners are the ones that go exploit the planets, uh-huh. how much money are we going to get? None. Right. Because apparently- Just enough to survive to give them the food they need and the minerals they need. Yeah. 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 They're, they're effectively a slave class. Yeah. And then sometimes I think of that like when I go through like Home Depot, like in the tool rental department, and I see like how much it is to rent like, I don't know, a cement mixer for a day. It's like 45 bucks. And I think that- mm-hmm. <laughs> You can rent a human being for seven fifty an hour. <laughs> you can rent a you can rent a human being long term for seven dollars and like twenty five cents an hour. Mm-hmm. A thinking, feeling, intelligent human being. Two fifty. That's a if fucking deal. Food. That's a steal. <laughs> yeah. I can I can rent a cement mixer for forty five du- bucks for half a day. I can rent the guy that runs it for cheaper. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And that's like the Belter's plight that like human life is despite yeah. our platitudes to the contrary, human life is fucking cheap. Um, and I thought that, and, and you, they, you see some of the reasons why, like, I think they do this stuff. Like there's this, um, this, this Okoye scientist, um, she like talks to her, I think boyfriend or maybe just friend zoned orbiter, literally in orbit Israel. Yeah. Um, and, sh- and she's like, gee whiz, there seems like there's extrajudicial killings going on down here. And he's like, <laughs> well, sure. Okoye, but Hey, look at all this exciting science that I've discovered up here. And she's instantly redirected from worrying about the extrajudicial. And she's a belter. (laughs) She's a former belter. Anyway, is she? Okay. I think so. She's got the belter Creole. Yeah. Unless she's just affecting it because belter culture is cool. Oh yeah. I'm sure people would do that. Yeah. I'm sure they would. Um, but, and then there's like, you know, the, like the people like Marco that exploit people like Naomi that like understand, like this isn't fair. And it's easy to make that that argument, like, well, this isn't fair, and we should deserve more. So, what are we going to do? We're going to we're going to be strong, so that they have to bargain with us. Uh, and they manipulate people like Naomi and this other Belter lady into uh, doing like like you know she was wanting to blow up the landing pad so the inners can't land mm-hmm. and they can have enough time to get their lithium and 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 be on their feet. Uh, that's changed um, without you know against her will to like, killing the inners. Mm-hmm. And you see these different things like the indifference and how easy it is to like distract people from long term problems and how like even in like revolutionary movements, how those can be co-opted to maximize violence and, and, and carnage. Um, it's really good, but really depressing to to watch all this happen <laughs> on this planet. Yeah, no, it's kind of been expanses MO. They they really know how to. Uh, kind of weave a, a world here mm-hmm. um, and make it feel realistic in this very fictional setting. Yeah. And I loved like some of the conversations, like I talked about um, the Marco versus Ashford and drummer. I thought uh, this belter lady talking to her husband where, you know, she was trying to plead her case about how I have to always been the strong one. And he's like, I'm not the strong one. I'm the one trying to leave the bloodshed behind and you brought it back here. And now we don't have anything. I came here to this planet with a family and now I don't even have that. Mm-hmm. You didn't save anything. You just destroyed all we had left. Like extremely powerful and effective. And then they paired but what did that. You have? What did you have to begin with? Like, I mean, there are so many like different angles to approach this from. And that's the yeah. thing that makes the, the Belter story so fascinating to me mm-hmm. because she could fire right back and say, we never had anything to begin with. Yeah, but that's hard to. I'm always amazed at like what 
minimum existence humanity can still find like joy they can still find love mm-hmm. they can still make poetry they can still paint paintings and like if you're in a shitty i don't know 12 by 12 room and you've got your wife and your kid and it sucks but you you know you still are laughing and you're still living that's different than like you're now For some being, people yeah yeah i For mean others, that's the other no. thing is like you know what are you know um how do you rein in the ones that have that kind of like you know desire to go out and do more and see more um how do you convince them that like maybe that i i don't know i don't have the answer to those questions i just know that there's people living in dirt floors dirt floor uh, houses that have a as good a quality of life from like an emotional and family standpoint as mm-hmm. people that live in like high rises in manhattan probably more so <laughs> are uh, they on twitter no okay it's better yeah exactly <laughs> um there's also they also paired that with alex who had a smaller scale version of like, you know, he had the desire to bust out and do more. And, you know, that involved him leaving his family and, Mm. you know, him connecting with this belter mom and trying to help her, you know, selling her on the idea. It's always worth it to try to connect with your family, to try to ask for forgiveness, to try to be honest with them in the beginning. I thought some of that stuff was really good, really good. Yeah. I mean, Um, he's the perfect person to have that discussion with her. uh, And then finally the, uh, and us versus them, Murtry's excuse which is you essentially you need bad men like me to settle rough, untamed places. Like yeah. first you send the men, then you send the civilization. And like your problem holding is you came out here before I built a post office. Mm-hmm. I, to me, this seems like horseshit because like anytime a frontier, um, anytime a frontier experience le- requires hardship and requires sacrifice and requires a sense of community that in when in when when you have more civilized areas that maybe you don't have like we're living in like a lot and i think a lot of people in western civilization can uh, relate to this to where we don't even know our neighbors anymore like we're yeah. we're so insulated that we don't even have to talk to other people outside our immediate family if we don't have to 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 live Whereas, like, if you're a settler on a frontier, you're going to need the whole community because you don't have enough skills, you don't have enough money, you don't have the resources. Uh, you know, someone's always going to have something you need, and you're always going to have something that they need. The community kind of comes there. And then you've got, got people like Murtry that says, no, 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 this is all shit. It's like, you know, if, if you randomly happen to have an advantage, you should you should push it to the utmost. Um and you know excuse like well people are going to die obviously because it's there's no civilization this is a frontier it's just a i don't know i i feel like that's just that's just the excuse for all colonists everywhere to be complete assholes that's yeah that's christopher columbus all the way to murtry on on illis no i mean he he is the, the biggest asshole maybe of the entire series so far yeah um and yeah, that's his excuse that he gives himself. I mean, society and organization and infrastructure, those are all tools yeah. that we now have that we can bring to these situations, these new frontiers, that maybe we were ill-equipped to bring to new frontiers in the past. Mm-hmm. I think now we're good. We can do it. Yeah. Like, we don't but, have to be the Wild West in space. But you always have the Mercury saying that you have to, and you always have the right. three or four belters saying, hey, if them. we if we are open-handed to these people, you know they're going to flip the tables on us. Like, And that's the thing. You're always going to have the people like Marcos, like where things are blown over and people are like looking at each other and like, hey, maybe we can trust each other and work again. Well, let's throw a couple asteroids at Earth. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how... 
it, it, that that's the thing that the expanse is so good at showing like the laboratory of humanity and it's like well here's all the problems how do you keep these volatile chemicals from interacting with these other ones and keeping <laughs> blowing shit up all the time man with the belters they got a big problem because i i am so looking forward to seeing how they deal with the fact that only a few uh, only about 50 percent of belters can survive in a gravity well period so like some of those people will be able to benefit. Is that from... after the like the drugs and techniques? Or are you talking yeah. about? Oh, really? I mean, it's that, that it's that low a percentage. N- Naomi was fucking pumping you herself. Seventy five percent can't. No, fifty percent are just like they're not going to survive in a gravity well. Period. Period. Yeah. Okay. No matter what kind of right. So that creates like that even further subdivides the Belters who were already subdivided politically. Mm. Now it physically subdivides them, right? Yeah. Like and some, and some people necessarily that further divides them politically. Yeah. So what is it? What do you tell a Belter that has that need to go and settle a planet and get theirs, but they physically can't because uh, it would kill them? I, no, I mean worse. What do you tell the Belters who can't when they decide they're going to? Like, yeah. Like we're all okay. We're the fifty percent of Belters who can survive in gravity. Well, uh-huh. we're gonna do it, and we're gonna uh-huh. prosper. And you other fifty percent who were supposed to be brothers in arms, yeah, that, yeah. Before right. we discovered these new lands, uh-huh. are now shit out of luck. Right. Yeah. What does that do? Because like Marco to the wants the belt to the Belters to have the power to have their own destiny, but like yeah. if ha- but fifty percent can't. can't then did yeah. they start just like sticking their dick in all the mashed potatoes? Right. Because fuck everybody. I can, <laughs> yeah. No one can have it, you know? No, it's it's a really fascinating question that, that you cannot get around because it's a physical limitation. I, I don't know. Protomolecule can do a lot, so maybe yeah. just uh, just take a lick of that, that Miller rock. Mm-hmm. See what happens. Yeah. And then try and go down to the gravity well. <laughs> Freebase yeah. some uh, protomolecule and see, right. see what happens. Uh, do you, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the next, what's coming next. Okay. Um, so it seems like there's three things going forward. Number one, Earth, does it get hit and how bad? Because I came out of this season seeing that schematic of like, oh, this is a, it's a pretty good size asteroid, but it's not like a dinosaur killer. It's not like a mile across. It's like roughly the dimension of a starship. It's I think they even said it's like 10 tons or, or no. I, I forget what exactly how big they said it is, but I'm like, well, they'll probably cause regional destruction, but then you become aware that there's like six to eight that are going to hit like sequentially, kind of like the Shoemaker-Levy comet hitting Jupiter, and I'm like, oh, oh, that'll, that'll fuck up a lot of things. <laughs> Maybe even render Earth uninhabited. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also know the weaknesses of the early detection system. They also have uh, covered the asteroids and Martian stealth technology. Yeah. Um, it seems like the first third or half of the season is going to be some kind of race to stop that from happening, kind of similar to the, la- the, the all-hands-on-deck effort to stop uh was it eros is it was that the the rock that almost smashed into earth Mm -hmm. um so that's a thing uh how how can you stop it can you stop it and what happens if you can't stop it um because also also, how does humanity react to that do you just exterminate like if like uh, this is essentially like a rogue faction of the russians in the cold war uh take take uh, control of the of Russia's nuclear arms and just launch a full-scale attack at uh, America. Does America, mm-hmm. like, take it on the chin? Because, <laughs> like, well, it's better than destroying the entire planet. Or do you're like, well, right. fuck, we got to, like, do they just e- eradicate the belt? 
mildly interesting. All of that's mildly interesting. Uh, so that's 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 the biggest stakes, I think. I think also they've set up this uh, quest to find Philip, who mm-hmm. is the surprisingly old <laughs> son of Marco, and like like Naomi must have gotten pregnant yeah. when she was like fifteen, because this kid is like. I, I, he looks like he's 20. I'll buy that he's 14 or 15, maybe yeah. 16. I'd, I'd buy that he's a late, uh, middle to late teen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, do, I mean, Dominic Tipper, we looked this up, is like 32. Yeah. And and so like having, yeah, like a, let's say 17-ish year old kid uh-huh. is really... Sur- surprising. Yeah. Yeah, um, pushing the boundaries there. But they're going to try to find him, and I guess there's going to be some kind of like... Uh, you know, Kylo Ren-esque str- battle for his soul between mm. the the Marcos and the Naomi's of the world. Uh. Uh, and then the probably the biggest threat to the species is this conversation that Holden has with Okoyo after she comes in proximity to Miller and the, the subspace rift, whatever the off button was for the proto, proto molecule that yeah. she says, I can feel this presence moving towards me. And Miller saying, or not Miller, Holden saying, I felt it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Holden says something that I thought is the moment that the expanse became cooler than Star Trek. We need to ensure that we're not the second galaxy spanning species that this, whatever this threat wipes out. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't realize until he said it that now humanity is a galaxy-spanning species. Yeah, those the ring gate. It, it instantly leapfrogs Star Trek for because like Star Trek never like the Federation never made it out of like its corner of the galaxy. And this is why. And oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say this is why I'm a little bit more sympathetic to Avra Sarala's position mm-hmm. that we are meddling with forces we do not understand, and they are far beyond the scale of right. humanity right because not like, only do we not understand them we don't know if we can understand them because like let's unpack that to say that like you've leapfrogged the star trek uh society that society uh right or wrong had like demonstrated experience at governing at an interplanetary yeah. scale and mm-hmm. they only barely have their kind of quadrant of the galaxy settled now humanity's got the entire galaxy and they don't have any of that shit no it's like they've hand- got Murtries. Yeah, got yeah. It's like handling fucking... a, a toddler a gun. Yeah. I'm very interested to see how that all works out because this is not something that we earned. This is not something that we slowly leveled up. This is just somebody. This 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 technology. This this uh, is just dropped in our laps. Yeah. Um, and and it. Uh, I look back at season one and I'm like, hmm, how wrong was Jules Pierre Mao? Like, because experimenting with this shit trying to understand it is one of the things he was doing mm-hmm. and i think that's a noble goal i think he may have taken it too far uh and perhaps some of his scientists and himself deserve to get shot in the head but yeah. like you got to figure out what you're dealing with here and nobody is doing that at the moment except for holden and seemingly unwillingly most of the time yeah and even he is because that's the other thing is even if miller does survive uh I was wondering how the relationship would because I think the 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 days of uh, Holden just going to a planet and pulling a lever because Miller told him to are we're going to be over regardless. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because that has not had a super spectacular track record of mm-hmm. not killing and destabilizing everything. Um, but yeah, the idea that we it's entirely possible that we haven't even met the primary antagonist of the series yet. Yeah, and that like is still out there. 
because I, I, I guess when before this, before that speech, I thought that you know the proto molecule was essentially like a ghost in the machine. It was all this fabulous technology that no longer had anything directing it, and this war that eliminated the proto molecule founders. Uh, was so long ago that probably eliminated whatever the threat that took them out too. It doesn't seem like that's the case. That there is still some kind of maleficent force that's that's moving that's waking up and moving against humanity. But I don't know. That's just based yeah. on a couple lines of dialogue and just you know the scary uh, the scary uh, imagery that we saw from Holden's uh, experience of the pro molecule last year. Yeah, and you're you're pretty current with where I'm at as far as the pro molecule goes. So. Yeah, there are a lot of open questions about that. Uh, what are our hopes for next year? Uh, is it? Do I you hope think... Miller comes back. Yeah, because <laughs> I love Miller. I hope uh, Miller finds his way back too. Speaking of him, the the depiction of Spider Miller was <laughs> creepy, but a little less impressive than I was hoping for. Yeah, because uh, in the book, Spider Miller is a much bigger thing. Mm. It's like it's a it's a big like two story spider thing mm-hmm. um that seems maybe even more alien though i thought they did a really good job making it look. It almost seemed like that version of the miller is what grabbed the little miller thing because like i kind of when miller pointed to that machinery over there i thought he was talking about something much larger and yeah. then when it was like i don't know it was like the size of a dinner table i'm like oh okay but then something the uh-huh. size of what i thought grabbed him at some point does it? Um, oh, I might have missed that. Yeah, and that's the other thing is like I don't understand like his. I wasn't sure the the things about the proto molecule battling Miller that worked. I thought was when occasionally the investigator would take over and try to take Holden in a different direction. Uh-huh. But like when the machines were fighting each other and grabbing and screaming, and then suddenly like that was a problem, and then Miller like slammed to the ground and he was hurt but i'm not sure how bad and like uh, there's yeah. a lot of that it's kind of like i guess your complaint with marvel movies like you know when the hulk punches thor yeah who wins who who gets hurt there i or, I, or like how do i tell that they're hurt yeah how do, how do i know i don't know because it's such an alien thing right yeah like what and and you know what is keep what is the the medium that miller is is growing in is it a proto molecule you have to have live proto molecule is yeah. like is proto molecule that's live anywhere in the galaxy all interconnected or Seems like it, yeah. Yeah. So if there's any proto molecule alive anywhere, then there's still Miller alive. I would think so, yeah. Um But yeah, it's because a lot of times I try to there's a lot of times this season that I tried to apply the laws of physics and I just came up with no ant like uh Right. Like the Rasanati's rail gun, I'm like, how heavy is that bullet and how fast is they flinging it to have the effect that they're talking about and a couple other things yeah. that like, eh, well, whatever. It's it's space. <laughs> it's space. Sure. Um, I, what are the odds that Amazon is going to come off of this dump all at once? Because they've done they've got to next year. They've done they they not they they're the one that has not like sometimes they spool it out, sometimes they release it all in one go. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like their biggest shows like the, like the Boys and the Expanse they just dropped all at once. Uh, I hope yeah, they but don't. they got to look at Star like Mandalorian. They've got to look at these shows that stick around for 10 weeks eight weeks whatever yeah and see that they're just getting more buzz like that's just a better way to release stuff if you're looking for marketing and and buzz especially this it it just it was just a damn shame because this season was was paced perfectly to enjoy over a course of a uh you know some some shows you know like they seem like they're 
better better suited to binge in like three or four episode chunks. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, I obviously did binge the last bit of that because I couldn't wait to see it. But like exploiting that viewer, uh, their 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 desire to see it to build hype to get them to connect to other people saying oh my god can i need to talk about this with somebody i'm busting out that's what builds a fan community i had somebody on twitter because i i I made this take you know i had like a a general three tweet review of the expanse and my my take was you know like i think it's a strategic long-term error for them to to binge it Mm -hmm. and this guy was like well that's just a content creator's problem i like to be able to watch whenever i want i'm like I understand that, but it's a you problem if this gets canceled at season five because it never finds an audience. <laughs> that do you understand that? Do, this is where the rubber yeah. hits your road. And do you enjoy the process of watching week to week and talking with your friends about it? Because I do. Yeah, do you like enjoy being the able water to theorize about anything? Do, do you, you enjoy the videos on YouTube? Do you right. enjoy the podcasts that people record? Do you enjoy the theories and the extra material that they're able to, uh, yeah. you know, it's an everybody out? problem. Yeah, there is no you problem here or a, or a content creator problem. It's everybody problem. Yeah, I think so. And I used because I at the beginning when like Netflix first started that, and I heard like guys like Alan Supp and Wall complaining about it. I did think that like, oh, this is your yeah. problem because you're used to getting screeners and you're used to having all, you know, a week or two to think about it, and this is disrupting your business plan. But I've I I just have seen where a lot like all this great content that Netflix comes out like only two or three things a year mm-hmm. out of the billions that they spend on content actually penetrate the way like Breaking Bad or Mad Men or Game of Thrones did mm-hmm. and it's got to be a little it's got to be like it you know a show sticking around for an entire season has more gravity yeah. Like like can 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 accumulate more things as it goes by and build a bigger community than something that just drops in a single day, especially when that day is like a week and a half before Christmas, right? The day before Star Wars or whatever, like yeah, and dur- during was, the middle of a Baby Yoda right, run, like right. what the fuck are you doing? And Expanse was not bigger as it was never going to be bigger than Star Wars, at least at this phase. No. But you compare like Mandalorian to Baby Yoda and how that hit Twitter uh-huh. and. Stuck around uh, and, and Reddit and like I the number of times I saw Expanse hit the front page of Reddit zero mm-hmm. the number of times I saw Expanse discussed on uh, Twitter other than the conversations I was having zero yeah and I don't know I'd also be curious to see I, I haven't this is the other analysis I wanted to do and have time is like how fast the Expanse subreddit grew during this season versus last season when they had to save the expanse and all that. Of course that's hard to compare when you have, you're fighting for a show's life versus, uh, Amazon already renewed this for season five. Yeah. But no, I hope they do. Like it doesn't have to be one episode a week. It can be two episodes a week or three Mm -hmm. episodes a week or make it a month or, but if, if, if this show comes and leaves in a single weekend, I, well, I, the only thing I can say for fact is that it won't, it wouldn't be as big of a show as if they had given it, eight to ten weeks to breathe right maybe amazon is willing to bankroll this thing to the very end regardless of the audience it finds right but yeah it certainly wouldn't be as much fun to interact with as a fan right if, and, I, and i the only reason we're doing this is because we love the show so much because yeah. we were curious to see in our preview podcast before we said that we weren't going to do full episode coverage we figured that'd be representative of what kind of audience we'd have coming back and it was bit, twice as big as last year still makes it mm hands down our lowest rated show yeah of all time so uh you know as far as a rubber hitting the road it's smaller than a lot of the small shows we cover mr robot mm-hmm. i mean mr robot's four times bigger <laughs> Man, and it's our second lowest rated show you imagine you know? mr robot released 
Uh, oh, it would have been. It would have never made it out of season no. two. USA would have canceled that. Yeah. Almost immediately. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's funny to see like places like uh, like Disney Plus is doing the traditional model, mm-hmm. whereas like I feel like Hulu and Amazon are trying a blended, you know, like show by show. I, I just I just wish they would let Netflix do their thing, let Netflix chew through their billion dollars of catalog content, and just compete on quality and be and compete on and growing a a fan base. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll see. That's my hope for next year because I. Boy, I just kept thinking, like, man, what an what an amazing what an amazing experience it would be to go through this with the community and wait year, you know, week to week. And the, I guess the only thing I maybe push back on a bit is that that since you've got like a community of book readers that know what's coming next, mm-hmm. would that be annoying that they're just going to be like with all these cliffhangers, you know, oh, tee wait till we see what happens next week, tee when you know, real Miller comes back, tee That's my theory, tee like. But that I mean, certainly happened, happened in, around Game of Thrones, and it was only the biggest show in fucking television history, right? Yeah, I, I don't think it takes dynamic. anything away from the show to have yeah. that happen. Yeah, you need you need good moderators, you need you know a good community to kind of like cordon off the community's yeah. worst impulses from each other. But put your spoiler tags in and yeah, call it a day. You got to keep the Marcos from hurling a bunch of asteroids <laughs> at the subreddits and whatnot. But we didn't talk much about Naomi. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next season with Naomi because I feel like her character has been a lot richer in the show than in yeah, the book. Right. Um, and I don't know if that's maybe because they have, you know, more diverse writing staff able to more sensitively write a female character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think she's going to be a big part of next season and what they did with her this season I got some feedback because I one of the things that I I commented on in our episodes one through three podcast was how Naomi was trying to be this belter, um, and she really identifies strongly as that. And so she tried to go to the planet and she couldn't hack it because her body let her down. Um, but there was also some feedback about maybe part of that also wanting to have like a future relationship with Holden and knowing that him being such such an Earth boy. Uh, means that she'll probably have to spend some time in a gravity well mm-hmm. and just sort of pushing herself to be able to do that. And I think, you know, that's an aspect of her character that I hadn't considered, like her relationship with Holden changing her, right? Um, and and maybe her using sort of like the Belter excuse as like the, the main thrust of why she would want to do that, but also because she wants to be with Holden. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, she is feels like i don't know they're kind of both trapped because like holden was designed to be a way for his family to keep a scrap of earth pristine so he was like his fate was bound to his gravity well and you know naomi is destined to be this uh you know carefree revolutionary warrior out in the belt yeah and they're both kind of like meeting in the middle uh-huh. Where like Holden has found himself more and more drawn out in the space, and Naomi is finding herself more and more drawn to this this inner, right? Uh, you know, I that there's a lot of that kind of stuff where you can see, like like I mentioned, uh, you know, it seemed like uh, this ill situation was one that was going to find some kind of balance and relative peace and harmony, mm-hmm. and then it gets fucked up by the Marcos of the world. I don't and know. Now that her kids in the picture, yeah, that could really change things as well. Yeah. Yeah, I do wonder how they're going to 
there's also just it can continue to be a ever larger cast of characters like how are they going to service all those i was surprised yeah. that they've kept bobby as isolated from the rasananti as they have and now it's like at this point i'm like holy shit how is she ever going to get back in touch with them mm -hmm. because now that the avasarala connection is kind of dead that's you know i don't know yeah I imagine if she said that she wants to work on the crew, the the ship, that they would like go pick her up. I bet, but that just seems so far off the radar. I'm right also now. surprised like, that that didn't occur to her as a possibility too. Like, why does she have to grind out this meager existence on Mars? Why can't she go? You know, like Alex, as he was going by Mars, is all but begging, like, you know, hey, we're right here in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can land on planets now. <laughs> I can just come pick you up. Uh huh. I've I've lost my gut. Come see. He's trying to be a Martian. Yeah, he has lost his gut. Uh -huh. He's lost every little bit of gut he ever had. Uh huh. It's yeah. amazing. Alex is in tip-top shape. Uh, that's the other thing. It's like, why? I Because I thought that they were, I don't know. This might be, I always like when people like pair off and match up. And like mm -hmm. I like to ship people. And I was kind of soft shipping uh, Alex and Bobby. It seems like they've provided her uh, the, the, her own little love arc now. That doesn't involve... Uh, yeah, but it got busted up at the end of the season. Kind of. Is it busted I mean, he goes irreparably? Off. Oh, I don't know about irreparably, but certainly temporarily. See, I, felt, I felt like that was like... I was trying to see this hook of like... Because was he going off to Ganymede to help rebuild Ganymede? Uh, I don't like know. getting that her out right. of a big gravity well and out into the belt would put her more in a collision course with the Rasanati, maybe? But I don't know. Could be. Yeah, that's just uh, the big question mark I have for next season. Do you have any other thoughts about what's coming up next? No. That you can, you know, can you just want to like, briefly run down book five for us? Sure. Yeah. Let me just recap. Uh, <laughs> no, no, of course not. Uh, so, yeah. I will it's... say it's a really, really good book. <sighs> well, don't tell me that because now yeah. it's going to, because it, the hardest thing I ever did is stop reading <laughs> after book three. So I'm now going to get able yeah. to read one more book. I, and... I think I think book five is largely regarded as one of the best of ah, the expanse. Ah, shit. So. Ah, Damn. Yeah. Well, I uh, I'm excited that we're going to get another season of Expanse. I'm excited that mm -hmm. they made the jump to Amazon, and it seemed like it's pretty flawless transition, other than the release format that that we've already talked about. Um, yeah, I can't wait for season five. I do hope if it and, and I will say that if it comes out week to week, we'll probably make room for it on our schedule. If it continues to drop as it does. I mean, like if it if it drops over a period where we've got the time, I would give it the the absolutely give it the stranger things treatment where yeah. we marathon it and we get each episode out and we do feedback and all that stuff. Um, but you know, it just depends on our schedule and, uh, not just in our schedule based on what we're already doing and our schedule based on like, you know, they drop it on December 24th. <laughs> Nothing's going to get covered if it comes out on that. Right. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, like I said, I I've laid out a case why I think it's better. Uh, we'll see what Amazon does next year. Um, be great. Great for them to AB test that. Wouldn't it? How would I mean they've got all the statistics on how many people engaged on the day day one versus how many people finished it versus yeah. what time they finished it and you know versus uh you know I the other thing is like man they need merch. They do. I, I wanna say there was some, but not much. I mean they got some pop funko figures, someone gets sent us those for Christmas presents. Mm -hmm. Uh but yeah, like I was like uh spitballing with people on, on Reddit like uh or on Twitter, like 
Uh, Lego needs to get in here and, build, and, and get a license. I want yeah, like a 18 Rossi. inch long, 1500 pieces Rossinanti. Fuck yeah! I want the 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 Navu slash behemoth. Oh man, that's a 700 dollar, yeah. piece set. Yeah, it's yeah. essentially the Death Star. Fuck yeah! Yeah, I, I want I want these 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 ships. Uh, spin the drum. If the drum doesn't spin on that Lego set, <laughs> I'm throwing it in the street. So I was thinking there there'd be three. Like there's one kit that you could build it three different ways. It could be the Navu, or it could be okay. the Behemoth, with, or it could be the Medina Station. Yeah, Medina, yeah. Medina, Medina. One, Station. one has a comms laser. The other one has guns. Yep. One, one has a big gold angel at the tippy top of uh-huh. it, and there's you swap out a couple parts, and there you go. Some some decals. I think it would be uh, they they need stuff like that though. Mega blocks. Mega. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Mega Bloks is going to have that license. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, Expanse is more of a like a Halo slash Destiny franchise yeah. tier. It's not quite Star Wars, mm-hmm. but it could be. It could be with the right amount of love and budget and uh, community building. I have, I have, I have faith it can get there. It can at least be as big as Game of Thrones. <laughs> wow, that's big. Well, I don't know. It's it's in, in season four, but like you know, this thing is okay. like everyone forgets that Game of Thrones used to get like. Two million people watching it. Mm-hmm. Like in the first couple seasons, it wasn't until like season three that it really became the crazy go nuts big behemoth that it is, and then it kind of shit to bed. So, if you are looking for something else bald move to follow while you're waiting for the expanse, I can tell you we got two pretty big science fiction projects coming out early this year. Uh, CBS All Access Online is dropping their new Star Trek series Picard uh, on January 23rd, and we're going to be. Uh, having episode by episode discussion of that. And then in another month or two, Westworld season three drops on HBO on March 15th. And we will continue to have episode by episode coverage of that. Uh, That is a really hard sci-fi show about artificial intelligence and uh, robots and what rights and responsibilities they might have in a future human society. Really heady stuff. I think it pairs well with the expanse. So hopefully you'll find a way over to baldmove.com and uh, sign up and subscribe for those uh, podcasts. Anyway, uh, that's our Expanse coverage. Uh, we hope to see you back next year, this year. I guess it's probably... Probably this year. Yeah. I think they're, they're, they're planning on having it ready by, by the end of this year. We'll see how that f- falls. Um, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to our coverage. Uh, we'll see you next time, whenever and wherever it drops. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.